One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show cast. Love podcast ain't going to the Politics Show podcast. I've been calling it out. Sean's, like got, Sean's got no heat for that noise. <laughs> that is so much. It's worse. a lot quieter over there. Yeah, it? yeah, that was awful. What'd you call it? Well, I said it was worse than the whooping. I don't know the noise for it. Hooting and hollering, I call that. <laughs> <laughs> Having a gay old time. Yeah. Sean Hickey, as always, is here. Actually, me. Hardly ever. Hardly ever here. <laughs> no, no. Rarely seen, but always here. <laughs> Two in a row. Yeah. Two in a row, though. That is right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Ava. Santina. Hi. Mostly here. We wanted Laura, but... She's too, yeah. big, she's big, too big time for us these days. <laughs> Absolutely. She's not even in the room. Skyping off work to go on Kay Burley. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> That's not true. She's here. <laughs> Although she did very well on Kay Burley. How are we all? Yeah, good. Fabulous, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. good. Excellent. Um, for those wondering why I'm wearing a football top, I was on Football Joe's new podcast, Football Trending, this morning, which... I'm, not, not, I'm addressing the listeners, not you two. <laughs> but um, that should be out now, if anyone wants to go and watch that. Keep my hot takes about It's already out. Football. I think it'll be out, it'll be out this, by the time this comes Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm pretty sure, on the Football Joe YouTube channel. Mm. We'll get some hot takes about Saudi Arabia. The beautiful game, yeah? The beautiful game and the beautiful country of Saudi Arabia. What, what were you, pro? More intervention? or <laughs> <laughs> More uh, fewer hands in Saudi Arabia is my... Yeah. Well, you know what they say about fingers in pies, don't you? <laughs> Never enough. I don't know. They don't eat pie in Saudi Arabia. They must do. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't ah, yes, that Saudi problem. If, if that was an idiom, what would that mean? They don't eat pies in Saudi Arabia. It would mean get your money out of Manchester City. <laughs> 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 what is football? Uh, should we talk bloody WhatsApp? Yeah. What the bloody hell's going on with WhatsApp, Eva? Um, so the government today have set up a new WhatsApp channel that's going to communicate uh, important information directly to your phone. So you can join a broadcast channel on WhatsApp. And so if there's a new cost of living payment or a new PIP payment, that sort of thing, they're going to tell you directly to your phone. But it's not, is it as specific as that? Well, apparently, according to the, when I clicked on the gov.uk link that explained it, that's what it told me. So you- I don't think it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a town crier. Um, format but so far 
on the broadcast channel. We've got um, we've got a, a little sticker of. Do, do you know what I've done? What you did? I don't know where the fuck it's gone. <laughs> Why is it so difficult? We were really to find? struggling to find the broadcast channel thing on WhatsApp today. Oh, it is um, a crier, isn't it? The sticker. Oh, have you got it? Yeah, I've got it here. Hey, WhatsApp. We've arrived from now on. If there's information you need to know from the UK government, we'll WhatsApp you and then a crier. Do you know what this? What I'm concerned about? What information do they need us to know so quickly that it needs to be straight to our phones? We're doing we a great job. We can't wait for the breaking news alerts or a tweet. It needs to be citizen. Mm. We are under attack. They're trying to get, get into, into the that game, maybe into the the push notification news game. By yeah. just going straight to us. Do you think that it's got something to do with Culture Secretary Lucy Fraser today, who believes that the BBC is too biased? So now they can't go via the BBC to tell us <laughs> important things. They're just going to tell us. Just on WhatsApp groups. Yeah. But what I don't understand, and look, we haven't got any messages from them yet, so apart from that one. So I could be proven completely wrong. But can you do pro-government announcements under the guise of sorry, pro-conservative party policy announcements under the umbrella of government, particularly if you're moving into an election period. Like, I just would say, that seems a bit odd to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I suppose it's, is it, it's the same question about the, the, the official UK government Twitter account, I suppose any kind of policy announcements is the same, it comes under the same criticism. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand is there's a limited number of emojis you can react to on the government messages what is the point of the who's cry laughing reacting to a government announcement of policy i might they might send something funny like <laughs> <laughs> like oh we're putting up national insurance again there is also a sad face isn't there? there is a sad face yeah there's a, i think there's a thumbs up yeah there's there's not a all the dads are up everyone's dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uk government whatsapp okay hey. hey. um yeah it's stupid and also uh it got everyone talking about the deleted WhatsApps again. Yeah. From the COVID inquiry, etc. Yeah. Which is very silly from them. I like tweeting something, then I like it when everyone else just redoes my tweet. <laughs> are, you claiming, are you claiming credit for the joke? Yeah, I am actually. I was, I'm no I I was real quick on it. Yeah, but I was fastest finger probably first. Probably the on first that. one. But yeah. equally, I think I think it's parallel inspiration. Yep. Okay, but when you're in a game of say the chase. <laughs> What matters? Speed or accuracy? Accuracy in the chase. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the speed is fastest fingers who wants to be a millionaire. Okay, well, um, what about in... No, who wants to be a millionaire? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get on to who wants to be a millionaire, you do need to be quick, don't you? Yeah, you, you do fastest fingers. A, B, C, D, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so there you go. Oh, so, exactly. So everyone apologised to Ava for nicking your tweet. Would you rather be... What, what game... Okay. What game show would you most likely to be want to be on, Sean? Tipping Point. Fuck off. What's Tipping, tipping Point? Tipping Point. Yeah. It's so boring. I love Tipping That's Point. Insane. Me it's and like... whenever I go home, me and my mom have this thing of like an hour before dinner time, just sit and watch ITV because we get that over there. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, you don't think it's enough for that? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Do you get Ireland that just isn't bloody grateful enough <laughs> for the cultural product. <laughs> Um, but the one you Paul Mescal every day. <laughs> Wait, can you just talk us to the terrestrial channels? So what's on? So one? back before Freeview, number one and two would have been RT one and two. Right, and I then think three. Three is TV three. That makes sense. Four is TG Cahar, which is the Irish language station. 
Five, I think, was Channel Four. Funnily enough, D- that's mental. Yeah, doesn't make but sense. But also, you can, that's you can, yeah. But you, <laughs> yeah. you can actually, can't you, like, change the channel that a certain no channel is going to be on? No one's doing that. Sean. But back in the day, you were able to do oh, that. Oh, put on Channel Four. It's on five. That's <laughs> with that. Six, I think, was ITV, and then seven and eight were BBC One and Two. Six to me doesn't feel right for ITV. Mm-hmm. Six no. is ITV Two, isn't it? You'd have RT One on six, probably, would you? What, would I have RT1 on 6? Well, and you're the worst for it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get dust, was it dust in the turkey? I get enough oh, Stephen yeah. Nolan. Any of him. Mm, the den. Shout out to all the Irish listeners who uh-huh. would have watched the den at some point. Absolutely. Let's shout out to the two Johnnies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tipping point, when you asked about that earlier, is the worst one. Is, you know those arcade it's machines the best. where you put in like 10p and you have to kind of push mm. them. So it's that. But there's also a quiz element as well. That sounds it's sick. By, but there's a narrative around <laughs> yeah, that. that sounds you know, it's, like it's, you can you can judge the so idiocy boring. of the contestant by which drop zone they're going for. You know, like there is strategy to no it skill. outside there's of no the skill. There's no skill involved in that. Oh come on! There's no skill in that. No, I disagree. Sheer luck. I disagree. Also presented by Ben Shepherd, which that says it all. I like Ben Shepherd. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I said to. I was being so boring this morning. <laughs> I just I was watching the new presenter on ITVs this morning. Just wanted to see, you know, how's mm-hmm. the new presenter getting on because they've really struggled to fill that role. <laughs> I turned to Ed and I said, "She's getting on really well on this." <laughs> and Ed was like, "Sorry, are you talking to me about this morning?" <laughs> I'd like I, a I, duck to water is <laughs> I think I said I literally don't care. With my, with my response. Yeah, mm. you um, should. I don't think I should. Anyway, should yeah, tipping we, point is the best one. That's also not true. Hey, but what would you be on if you were a uh, or quiz panelist. Deal or no deal, I reckon. But well, only if money, it's, yeah, but only if it's with Noel Edmonds. Edwards. What's his name? Edmonds. Yeah. Edmonds. Yeah. He lives in Australia now, I think. He's New Zealand. New Zealand. And he has a farm. Vineyard or a farm? There's someone else who's land. got who's moved to the States and has a trout farm. Really? Yeah. That's Ollie Dugmore. Is it? <laughs> That's why he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not another one. It's the politics show cast. Should we do mortgages, Ava? Yeah. You're obsessed with mortgages. Well, yeah, you know. Would you like to talk us through what's going on? <laughs> what you don't have, you fetishise, I guess. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> Is that a fetish <laughs> I don't know. Fingers in pies, something like that. <laughs> no pies in mortgages, that's the thing. That's mm, um, the say. Sean doesn't have any feet, that's why. So this was a story that came out in the Sunday papers. And so the Independent are reporting that Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt in the well, preparing for the budget and also preparing for an election are thinking about offering or considering offering mortgages with a 1% deposit. And this is to incentivize younger people to get onto the ladder. So that would mean if you wanted to buy a £300,000 home, you would uh, put down £3,000, which is affordable, particularly at a time when people can't afford to put... Um, to save for a deposit while they're also paying for their rent. But this would be great for the market because obviously if a lot more people are trying to buy, Mm. that is good. However, there isn't the supply to meet the demand. Simple economics though. There's a hell of Mm. a lot of people who will have, well, I mean, even, you know, a £250,000 property, a lot of people will have two and a half grand or you could even get quite a nice little Sainsbury's loan for that amount of money. You know what I'm saying? But... Other mortgage brokers are available. <laughs> no, no, I'm not giving advice because you're not allowed to do that. Mm. And I'm also not trained to give advice. 
Good. Don't so, miss his advice. Yeah. No, I'm just doing caveats. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. If you want to go and fucking do this, do this. <laughs> um, hypotheticals. Um, th- there are no houses. Yeah, that's the main flaw with this, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's not that people can't afford the houses. Or the, is that as well? But the main thing is there are none. No, but also they can't afford the houses because there are none, right? Because the yes. price has been driven up so mm-hmm. astronomically because of the constriction on supply. Yeah, it's it's... But also, the person who would be buying the average UK house price, £288,000, mm. I'd imagine the person who is trying to buy that would have a hell of a lot more <coughs> of a deposit than £2,800 in the first place. Yeah. yeah. You know, just going off of But also, they, they wouldn't be going for, for that. I mean, if you're in a major city, that is, mm-hmm. yeah, what you'd be paying. But if you're looking for a first home, like, you know, there are there, there are plenty of places in Liverpool, plenty of places in Oxfordshire even, not not uh, Cotswolds, but outside, um, where you can buy houses for, you know, 89 grand. And so you would need what? And that can't be right. An £890 deposit. Yeah. They're giving it away. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually too generous. I think it's a great idea. I think this is the it is radical, but it's radical in the wrong way. They've identified a symptom mm-hmm. or a cause, but it's not the right one. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the real thing to do would be build the four million houses that are, that we need in the UK. Mm. Well, both. I think it needs to happen together. So I think they need to build the houses. And then on those new houses that they're building, they shouldn't allow buy-to-lets on them. They shouldn't allow landlords to buy them and rent them out. They should offer 1% mortgages, which are government-backed loans, essentially, on all new builds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you would say something like, okay, we're going to commission, hypothetically, Barrett Homes to build 4,000 houses in this area. If you're a young person, you can put your name down for this house and we'll just need a 1% deposit to secure it. That would be a good system. Mm -hmm. And then this actually ties in quite nicely to, I was in North Norfolk last week, in, which is the oldest place in Britain. Do you know what old people have? Hell of a lot of houses. Yeah. Mm. So they I was wondering them. So um, I was there asking for advice for young people like me on how to buy a house. And do you know what they said? Stop buying coffee, man. <laughs> well, no, actually, well, some people did say that. But most of them were like, oh, no, they, well, they can't. They're fucked. There's nothing, there's nothing to buy. It was a lot of, um, I think a lot of people were commenting on the video which you can watch on the Politics Show YouTube channel, um, they were surprised at how kind of empathetic the older generation was towards young people and their plight. And they, they recognised how uniquely lucky they were in being able to get a house with a two grand deposit or something like that. Mm. You know what's interesting about that? I'm sure these people might be, I'm not saying that they necessarily fall into this category, that uh, middle-class people have now become sympathetic to the young person's plight because they've realised that they actually can't afford to put up the deposit for their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one, one part of it. Isn't that is, it? Yeah. I think that's good. that is an interesting point. I don't, I'm not sure that applies to everyone I spoke to, but I think that's definitely yeah. part of it. But also people like, people like recognise um, there was some discussion about people, kind of the older generation or older commentators lambasting people our age for and younger for buying takeaway coffees or avocado on toast. And they, this woman made the point about single parents. What do single parents do? Single parents are forking out for children and their family, keeping a roof over multiple people's heads. And there's people, it's people like that who aren't really spoken about in terms of being able to, in terms of housing, it's mostly young professionals, young, more affluent younger people are the main focus of homeownership and house building and stuff. Which mm. I think it was interesting that it was an older person who identified that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because we can't see it, we can't see the wood through the trees. Yeah, or like as in, I think. Well, 
we were so blinkered by our own experiences, I suppose. Yeah. Too busy horsing avocado toast. Is <laughs> <laughs> it all in my eyes? <laughs> I'm, um, it, it is absolutely extraordinary that you, by the time, you know, I think a lot of the stats are off for, do you know, like the ONS came out and they said 40% of um, people's pay packets going on their rent mm. um, in, in London. I just think to myself, like, I know people in this very room <laughs> who are paying more than that of their, mm-hmm, pay, their mm-hmm. take-home pay on mm-hmm. their rent. It just feels really out of touch. Most people that upstairs, I mean, I've spoken to a few people who are paying like £950 for a shared room. Shared, sorry, excuse me, shared house. A room in a, <laughs> yeah. a, room in a shared house, They're sorry. They're all bunking in one apartment. <laughs> in nine, if you're paying £950 for that, I think that's on you. How much, <laughs> how much do you think it is to stay in one of those, uh, that farm that Jordan Peterson once put on Twitter? What farm? <laughs> oh, the milking farm. Yeah. Oh, this is the, this is Jordan Peterson fell for it. It was like porn. It was like fetish, like a guy was getting his, cock sucked by a robot or something like that. He was like, it's a milking farm. <laughs> and he's like, this is a Chinese milking farm. <laughs> and you're asking how much it would cost to go there. <laughs> yeah. A blank check for... No, I meant you get money off. What? If that's your renting situation. <laughs> <laughs> if you're being harvested. Yeah. If you're being milked for the next generation. If, you're la- <laughs> if your landlord is sucking you off with a hoover... You get 10% off. Mm. That's it. That's Constantly. The <laughs> <laughs> You're attached to a Hoover for the entire month. <laughs> to pay 400 quid. That's the rent. Because you, you get to you go get to get no work, work done. <laughs> <laughs> No, presumably you go to work and you come home. You go to sure, work. Sure, yeah. You go to work, rest. It's the AAA Build rule, up your system. Go back in the door, plug in, mm. and in comes Nunu to suck you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eight hours work, eight hours sleep, eight hours Nunu. <laughs> oh, God. This is the future, the woke world is swung. <laughs> Which way, Western man? <laughs> We're getting dangerously close to that topic of discussion that happened. Was it about this time last year on Twitter? What one? That was <laughs> the girl. She's going in a loop now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, the girl who did um, the girl who made her boyfriend nut eight times. <laughs> <laughs> In context of business, some woman tweeted something about, I'm going to make my man's nut eight times before he leaves the house in the morning. My man cannot cheat. <laughs> my man is always satisfied. Because he's physically exhausted. And then it was Dr. Shola, who is an esteemed um, commentator. Um, still she, yeah. she quote tweeted it and said, if he wants to cheat, he'll cheat between the fifth and sixth nut. <laughs> While yourself, he's still in the house. Get yourself a nunu and then <laughs> you don't have to worry about Imagine <laughs> your friend's flat. You're like, he's just gone like a skeleton. <laughs> he's plugged in in the corner. <laughs> it ain't much. This is the, this is the future, it's but it's an honest risk. Liberals won. 
Yeah. Even do you think we can start? We can start this as like a conspiracy theory about like they're giving men pills to make them trans. It's either that or they get no no. What the the pills to make you trans are also going to give you a discount on your rent. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah the, the, the end is the same. Do you reckon yeah. we could get this into the Telegraph that some people are part of like fertility farms to get discount on their rent? Should we write, should we write into the Telegraph and see? <laughs> Sir, <laughs> I come bearing bad news from Bedford. <laughs> I visited my son's flat <laughs> recently. <laughs> And imagine my shock as I walk in to see him being sucked off by someone from the Teletubbies. Overseen by Jordan Peterson. <laughs> He's like on a preacher's desk at the front. Just I know in tears. Yeah. Like, I, know yeah. Young, I know young people aren't having children, but this does not seem like the answer. Yeah. Oh, should we talk about something else now rather than nooning? One percent mortgages, what do you think? Pro or con? Pro, but it's a sticking plaster over art. Uh, open seeping wound mm -hmm. you can see the bone on the wound absolutely yeah. <laughs> is it seeping or open both <laughs> if you're not careful Nuna's gonna come for it Nuna, Nuna's programming isn't strong enough to recognise different fluids <laughs> No, I mean, like, it's a good idea in theory, but ultimately people who are, realistically, everyone is going to be buying a, a house that's less than 300 grand. You're spending five, 600 grand in a house and you get a 6,000 pound deposit on it. You're paying that for well into your retirement. Your mm. kids are paying it as well. They're not, they're, if you have two kids, they're going to be fighting over that house. Who's paying the mortgage on it? I don't, I'm still. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make a point, but Nunu's still in my head. And Nunu's under the desk. But you know what I mean? Like it, it'll, it'll just carry into generation after generation until the point where you've got the generation after this one being forty or fifty years old, then having a one percent deposit on their house. Yeah. That they're still paying a mortgage on the last house, yeah. and paying a second mortgage. <clears throat> but what might happen is. There's been a groundswell of people getting quite angry, and I, everything is making me think of that fucking. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, there's been a groundswell of anger from uh, people under 40 who can't put together a deposit because they're paying for their rent, um, and they've become quite vocal, right? Once you make them a part of the asset class, they'll go away. They will calm, then they'll be a bit more quiet. So you've got a good. You've probably got a good 30 years in that. So it's someone else's problem. It's another yeah. government's problem. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but then the problem is, so I was reading this morning that the average London house has um, gone up by £200,000 in the past. Shit, I should have remembered how long. <laughs> 200, it's gone up 200 grand. I think it was five years. Mm, fucking hell. So I'll have hell. to check it. Um, it's a, a, some amount of time. Some amount of time. That's extraordinary. Um... It could have been 10 years. Mm. I could have checked this before. But well, my head from is... X period to Y period. Anyway, so in... <laughs> Insert dates here. Yeah. During some point in time, the London house has increased by £200,000. Mm. But when you're... 
<clears throat> that bubble has to burst at some point, right? You can't get to a... Sorry, what about... You can't, you know, it's got to get to a point where... Because if it keeps increasing at the rate it is, you're going to start paying a million pounds for a one-bedroom shit flat. And Might that, I interest you in a new bubble? Bigger than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> Just envelope the Absolutely. old bubble before it bursts. Yeah. And let that get bigger. And then a bigger bubble follows that. Yeah. Right. Seems like that's what's happened up until this point now. After 2008. Sticking right. plasters over everything, mm, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Politics Show cast. Speaking of owning things, shall we talk about Susan Hall and Nick Ferrari? Today. That was a good, good segue. segue. Thank you. I've been thinking about that, sitting on that for about a minute and a half. Have you? Is that why <coughs> yeah. you suddenly got quite agitated when I was talking then? Because you knew it no, was that No, that was me thinking about Nunu. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. Okay. Um, so moving on from Nunu, said, speaking of Susu, <laughs> <laughs> the Tory uh, London mayor candidate Susan Hall was on Nick Ferrari on LBC this morning and she was showing her arse on this and how shit she is as a candidate. Um, shall we do the clip? Yeah. Roll the clip. Who owns That's the bridge, ready. Susan Hall? Well, it's between the two the two councils. Uh, apparently, there's. It's not very clear. But at the end of the day, what, the mayor should, is in what? charge of London, and if things are not working, they have to step in. Well, I'm a bit disappointed by this response because it shows a basic factual misunderstanding of the case. The bridge doesn't belong to two councils; it only belongs to one council, which is Hammersmith and Fulham. Can I just say one thing? Well, you have I will not. Wrong, you? I will not promise anything. Unless I know where the money is coming from. What's He's a proper earn? Um, I think they're on about. I think they start at. I think they start about thirty something, and it goes up from there. Right. So you're, I, see, I, I, you're I seeking to recruit more officers. Yeah. You don't actually know how much they earn. I think they cost us a. a, a, a Bobby costs about 60k with the ongoing costs. Don't forget, it's not their, just their wages. So, sorry, 60,000 pounds? I think you have to estimate around 60k because of their pensions and everything oh, else. Yeah. But what's the yeah. starting salary? Um, I, don't, I don't know what the one is now. They're being don't given a 5%. Oh, I probably should know what nurses earn and teachers All right, earn. It's 36,000 pounds. So, how are you going to get more? Right. So, there is a problem with recruitment. I would suggest it's because. Police are being so bad-mouthed in London. Would you alter bus fares? It, you're going back to finance Well, again. what is the bus fare? How much do you pay to get on a bus currently? I don't use them. I use trains all the time. You don't know what a bus fare is? No. 
Susan, you don't know who owns Hammersmith Bridge, you don't know what a police officer makes, and you don't know the bus I said to you in the 30s, as you you full well know. She seems dreadful as a candidate. Yeah. What what, what are your your thoughts on Susan Hall and the Conservatives' chances in the mayoral election? I just wonder why the Conservatives, or when the Conservatives, gave up on the mayoral race altogether. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because... They're not even. They're not even trying. They're not no. even betting this woman. You could have. You could have gone her. to Trafalgar Square, four a.m. on a Friday, and found someone better than Susan Hall. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's an aspect of it of just putting forward shit candidates to hope that Labour are going to keep putting Sadiq Khan forward so they can continue to demonise him in some way? That yes. Uh-huh. Hypothesis. London is extremely expensive to run, extremely expensive. Mm. Um, TfL is it sucks at the coffers, right? Mm. Would you want to have a conservative government and a conservative mayoral candidate? Because then, when things happen like our oh, TfL needs another thirty million pounds in funding, oh, bloody conservative-led London! It's mm. the bloody conservative-led yeah, government yeah, yeah. too. It's much better to say mm. Labour, Labour-led London. It's like forecasting a year ahead now, right? Where Keir Starmer is going to be the prime minister, Sadiq Khan is going to be the mayor. And they're like, you nothing have it is, all. <laughs> yeah, nothing is changing. Sadiq can't blame the Conservative government anymore. He can't blame Keir Starmer. That's an attack line for the Conservatives to have. I think you still, you, you, I think you absolutely can blame the Conservatives still because you can say, well, they were in charge for 13 years and this is month six. Yeah, but then like, they say, sure. I think you, you, but he's in charge of a few of his own budgets and he spent look, it all on, you know, he, he pissed it up the wall by spending it on things like, I don't know, free primary school meals. <laughs> New news for all. Do you know what, what I liked about this interview with Nick Ferrari? is the contempt Nick Ferrari showed for Susan Hall and her lack of seriousness mm. as a candidate, which I actually think needs to be extended to the wider Conservative Party instead of political journalists. Just indulge them. Mm. Just indulge the five families and pretend they're important. They're not important. They're fucking nobodies. They're going to have nothing to do with anything in six months, nine months, whatever. You are making yourself look like an idiot by mm. giving Mark Francois a fucking press conference. None of the people... No one takes him seriously. He's not important anymore. The mm. Spartan Brexit debates are done. It's only important within the Conservative Party itself, which is a very insular debate within the wider United Kingdom. Mark Francois is going to have no bearing on the outcome of the country beyond 2024. And the political journalism, the lobby in this country, needs to move on beyond interviewing right-wing Tory MP who has no, no opinions in common with the average person on the street. Mm. They're just letting them rant and rave or whatever. And it dictates <clears throat> the wider media apparatus as well. And I think, it, I, I think you, you need to start treating these people with contempt if they are contemptible. I think Nick Ferrari is excellent at this. Mm-hmm. Okay, go off it. Yeah, I was like, what's Mark Francois <laughs> yeah. done to you? He's a loser. <laughs> no, you, it was you how quickly you just picked Mark Francois <laughs> out of the bunch. He's one like, <laughs> during the, fa- the five families bullshit, be like, yeah. Mark Francois having a press conference. You don't need to go. Yeah. You don't need yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah. If, if it was just like, <laughs> fucking backbench. DUPMP is having a, a press conference. They wouldn't be like, 
Patron is fighting. Shut down. Uh, you should see him. He's like, yeah, I'm there Sammy time. Wilson's talking, boys. The, the Avengers of the DUP are meeting today. What the fuck are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Star Chamber, and I love that little tidbit that won't leave my mind, which is they were meant to meet in uh, the Margaret Thatcher room, but then they couldn't get it booked out. Why do I know that? Yes, yeah. Why do I know that? Mm-hmm. I, think we talk, I, don't, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but political journalists talk about Westminster and the things they talk about is as interesting as individual office politics. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, window's broken. Yeah. It's colour that I they just added really in, enjoy that. that, so just... just <laughs> no, but you were there. Just, you you know, were there. Well, I mean, you know, I just, I just quite enjoy it. It's colour you add into, like, a daily article that ends up mm-hmm. being filler in a 200-page book that they write in five years' time, yeah. you know? The window's broken. <laughs> and Mara Francois was uh, being new nude. <laughs> <laughs> with the five families watching him <laughs> in, in New York. This just was distracted by Martin Francois Noon. And he was um he was particularly important during Brexit, after Brexit, you know, when it was the successive withdrawal um agree I can't even remember, it was a withdrawal agreement vote, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Successive votes. And he was the most important person. And do you know who else was? Was Marcus Fish, Anne-Marie Trevelyan. Remember? Steve Baker as well, right? Yes, yeah, Steve Baker. But names now, Steve Baker still you would care about, but names mm. now you'd go, whomst? Mm. But we gave them too much. And they're still, and and they're they still, they're still in that habit. They miss it. They're, yeah. still, they're still in, political journalists are still in the habit of being like, well, Marc Francois here, let's get his opinion about mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's two sides to it, isn't it? It's like we're we're Francois and the five families and all this like this fluff that Westminster journalists do. That's one thing. But you could argue, I'm not going to be the one to argue it. He is a far more competent political operator than Susan Hall is. Like this is a monthly thing she does on LBC. I'd say 90% of Nick Ferrari's annoyance with it was that. It was the same thing last month. It was a waste of time. Yeah, every month she comes with nothing, you know. Yeah. Like, she's just sat there waiting for a period. She's glutton for punishment. Mm. Must be quite brutal, but also be like, just prep. (coughs) I have to say, I did think about it and I thought, oh God, I'm not actually sure if I know how much a bus fare is. I think if I had to guess, I would say it was like, 175. I think it is 175 now. Is it? It used to be 150. That or 180. But that sounds bad, but you just sort of go in and tap, also, don't you? you? You're not going to be the mayor of London. You're not in control of it. You don't fucking know that. Well, you're not currently running to be mayor of London. You don't know that. I think, I, I think you'd have mentioned I it. would actually just like to make a declaration that my official campaign to become London's night star is on. <laughs> it's open. Um, is that something you can be elected to? I don't know how it works, but all I know I is I want to be it. Yeah, I would have thought it's a appointing yeah. thing. Yeah. That's what. Um, well, I'd like to be appointed as it. The, the warehouse project, guys, Manchester's. Yeah, I know, mm. Sasha Lord. Yeah. He's great. That's, mm-hmm. a good, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. But you see, I'm thinking less NIMBYs, more pubs. Kill NIMBYs. Lower business rates. Um, Do we not think we have enough pubs in London? No, no, no. So licensing laws on pubs. Right. But particularly as well, like quiet. So it's okay. So in central London, mm-hmm. you should be allowed to keep your pub open until 12 o'clock without anyone kicking off about it, if you are in central London, okay? Not residential area, central London. Mm. You chose to move there. The pub was already there. If you don't like the noise, move. Do you see? Back to zone eight. And that's going to be... No, but truly, go go live in zone two or three. Just don't live in zone one, Mm -hmm. okay? Pretty simple. 
So that's the first port of call. Second. <laughs> no. The rest of these pages is just Ava's manifesto. Yeah. There's no other topics. Let's do generic. Yeah. Shall we talk Robbie J? Mm. A man who needs a good no-no. <laughs> Don't. Don't we all? Don't we all, brother? Right. We're going to do this seriously, okay? Yeah, okay. So get all your no-no shit out of the way now. Okay. All right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my wife says as I empty Nunu. Wife? <laughs> empty Nunu. Wife now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got married. That's not true, listeners. I just said that. I'm doing a character. You would not have a secret wedding. No, I wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't. You'd want to wear, you, you'd want to wear your little um, tartan trousers. Yeah. They were so nice. Uh, I do have quite nice tartan and trousers. I rated them. I thought you were going to call a kilt your little dress. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to do as well. Because beneath it there, Ava was kind of going like, it was quite a demeaning. Like. No, that was like a. <laughs> you just want to get that hog out on the day. It's like, it's too, my, the, the kilt was too short for my hog. <laughs> You'd left the new wearing it like a box. <laughs> new new walking me down the aisle. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> Finally being released. Oh. <laughs> Nunu has a tear in his eye. Their eye. Her eye. What's Nunu's gender? Are the tails of his boys or girls? <laughs> I don't know. What's been this weird obsession with gender that you suddenly... I've read a few subreddits and now I'm uh, gender-pilled. Right, are you, sat- are you satirising the Telegraph's take on it? Is that what you're doing? I don't, what was the Telegraph's t- take on it? On being nude? How did they get out? <laughs> <laughs> How did that get out so quick? Right, we're doing Robert Jennering now. Total rhubarb. It's the politics show. Cast. All right, so this is a story out today that dozens of MPs, including more than 40 Tories, have written to the Prime Minister demanding extra funding for councils in England to avoid big cuts to services. Now, obviously, we know that councils around the country are struggling at the moment. Several councils, including Nottingham, have just um, declared themselves approaching bankruptcy. Um, that Croydon as well, bankrupt, a few others around the country. Now, one of these Tory MPs is none other than Robert Jenrick, who you might know from the Star Chamber <laughs> and other listeners might know from, he's not actually in the Star Chamber, and other listeners might know as writing one of the amendments, the controversial amendments that several MPs uh, were going to vote for that could have sunk Rishi Sunak's Rwanda bill. When he was community secretary, for quite a number of years, he was in control of the council budgets. So I don't quite understand why he didn't do something about it then. I'm just going to give you a few examples of times that he was asked to do something about it. So just play the first clip. So I think one would have to proceed with caution before starting to uh, ring fence the funding for specific purposes, because I don't think that is what local councils themselves would wish. Uh, But we will consider whether we can give further guidance to councils as to uh, the areas of COVID-related expenditure, which we would expect central government uh, to fund. I think most councils would know that. Uh, in broad terms, they are the cost of social care, most obviously, uh, and that will be the largest cost. The uh, extra cost for housing to support rough sleepers, and there's been, as you know, a fantastic effort by councils to bring 90% or so of rough sleepers off the streets into uh, safer accommodation. 
in hotels, and that does carry a cost. There's additional costs being borne by uh, the education functions within councils to protect uh, vulnerable children, for example, and we're working very closely with the Department for Education there. Um, and then there are some other costs being borne uh, elsewhere, uh, for example, in fire and rescue services, which you've seen have been accounted for uh, in specific grants to them. And, and then there are other functions as well. Uh, but there are things which councils are doing, uh, which is entirely of their own uh, volition. As I say, I support, I support councils uh, making those decisions. But as you can imagine, it, it is only fair that central government supports things which are open to all. Uh, rather than individual choices by local councils. Yeah. And if any um, council yeah. uh, leader or officer is watching these proceedings and is uncertain, then, as I always say, I would strongly encourage them to contact uh, MHCLG. All councils right. have regular contacts with the department and discuss any of those issues. We wouldn't want anyone right. to labour under a false impression that uh, what they were doing is uh, guaranteed to be funded by uh, central government. So that's there in May 2020. So we're right in the heat of the pandemic, right at the beginning. He was indeed community secretary. He was in charge of the budgets. He told a select committee that councils will not be reimbursed for COVID costs. Now, at the time, councils were facing a funding shortfall of £3.5 billion. They were forced to make up to 20% cuts in funding. That means that provisions for adult social care, provisions for education, parks bin collection, a lot of it had to halt because he would not plug the gap made by COVID. Should I play the next clip? Yeah. Mm. I've tried to be very clear throughout that I made this decision entirely on the merits. I believe it was the right decision to approve the application. Uh, we can discuss that in greater detail if you wish, but it's set out in the decision letter and it's set out in more detail in the letter that I sent to you I believe that there is, and I, I stand by this, a generational challenge across the country, and in particular in London, to build more homes, homes of all types and tenures, including more affordable homes. And if we're going to do that, then it's right that we prioritise brownfield sites. And if we're going to build upwards, it's right to prioritise those parts of the capital and the country where there are existing clusters of high-rise buildings. And so on the merits of this particular application, it seemed to me after a thorough decision-making process that it was right to approve it. So that's uh, Robert Jenrick there talking in a select committee in June of 2020. So that's a month later about how he had helped a developer avoid paying the council £45 million by expediting a £1 billion planning project. So that £45 million was a new levy that was introduced by the council so that if you were a big developer and you were, I guess, quote unquote, gentrifying an area, you would give money to the council to make sure that there were provisions for local people or there would be money that would go be fed back into the community. Robert Jenrick as a minister, actively starved the council of £45 million. Mm. Now, the final one is just a letter that was written in August of 2019 by Hackney Council, and they were facing some of the biggest cuts in the country. They called on Robert Jenrick to increase the funding. I mean, like they, they, were, they were hemorrhaging money. Their funding had been reduced by £140 million in a decade. So on account for inflation... 
yeah, and just general shit getting more expensive going up, their funding was reduced mm. by 140 million pounds. It meant that for every Hackney resident, 520 pounds had been cut provision-wise. What did Robert Jenrick do? Tell us. Nothing. Fuck. Nothing! Dude, this is very symptomatic of... <clears throat> it's the theory of politics popularised. It's taken the nation by storm by our um, friend, Councillor Tom Jones. It's hot dog politics in that... In the, um, it's, it relates to the sketch from I Think You Should Leave. I would imagine every single one of our audience has seen I Think You Should Leave, given that they're all men under 30. Mm. But the idea being <clears throat> a, car, a hot dog car crashes into a clothes shop looking around to see who did this, and it's a man wearing a hot dog costume asking, we've got to find out who did this. Mm -hmm. It's real, like, it's, it's, he's, <laughs> he's guilty. But like, when I get to the bottom of who's ruined these councils, <laughs> God, they're in trouble. <laughs> but equally, it's, it's him standing for, there's, it suggests that Jenrick's going to go for a leadership challenge at some point, whether that's post-Sunak or, or post-election, pre-election. Lost a lot of weight. We are talking on his, about his glow-up recently. Jenrick's looking good. Has to be said. Fair mm. play to him. Mm. Haircut, new suit, the lot. But, but he, he, can, he can say all this and have absolutely no culpability for it. Mm. It's, quite, it's quite like, he's allowed to say this and nothing will change, but he looks good for having said it. Mm. And he will not get... And because he's not in the government anymore, people won't be like, what the fuck, Robert? This is you, mm. And because he wasn't a sec of state per se, he was only the minister responsible for the funding. <laughs> um, what could I have done? A lonely yeah. minister. I wasn't the hot dog, I was the bun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got quite a bit of an eyebrow raise this morning because I said, Robert, I can imagine why certain factions, Star Chambers, would like to get behind Robert Jenrick because Suella Braverman has proved herself to be not capable of leading a faction. Did you listen to the speech she gave last week in the Commons about why we sh should vote against the Rwanda bill, why it needed to be tougher? Mm -hmm. Did you think it was any good? It wasn't compelling at all, no. There was a couple of examples and that was it. It didn't fire you up? No, it didn't grab me. I don't think it grabbed anyone in the chamber either, actually. And you were willing to be convinced? Yeah, I was, I was just sitting there. <laughs> Preaching to the converted at that point. Listen, they've been giving you a bad time, Suella. <laughs> me, you, right? I'm open to your ideas. I'm a listener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a listener, Home Secretary. Poor delivery. She also does make, she, she's proved to make incredible mistakes that have been seriously damaging to the conservative brand, such as saying homeless people should not have their tents. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've managed to damage the conservative brand right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Shut the fridge. It's the politics show cast. Shall we do citizenship test? Please. Let's. Um, yeah, we thought it would be a laugh to do some questions from the British citizenship test as two British citizens and one not. Um, Lord, did you, did you do the questions? Shall I? Yeah, shall I be question master? Or do you want to be question master as not a British citizen? And you can put yeah. us on two British But then he might want to come here. Yeah, then she did. Then we're helping him out. <laughs> <laughs> then we're helping him out if you'd ever want to be Thank converted. You oh, we didn't bow to the king. Oh, also very quickly, um, Your Majesty. What, you, <laughs> you, you have to bow if, to him because of if, his uh, just in case prostate he, In case he's watching. We're, we're, we think, we think uh, the king and queen might watch the podcast. Ah, so nothing to suggest they don't. Yeah. Well, that's true. They haven't yeah. actively said they don't watch it. So, mm -hmm. I think, so thank you very much for watching. Um, it's a real privilege to have you guys on board. Yeah, thank um, you. Let us know how often you get nooned. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> uh, I think if, I, th I think we shouldn't make Sean bow to the king and queen. 
I think that'd be rude. Nor will I. No, nor will you. No matter how hard you try it. <laughs> Go on. Uh, what about no. to, um, no. Is there anyone in the royal family, dead or alive, that you would have bowed to? Diana, probably. Mm. Mm. That's quite recent. I thought you were going to have to go like way back to like pre-Cromwell. Yeah, you see, I, I can't see any of them justifying a bow. <laughs> I think Free or post. aristocracy adjacent, I'd probably bow to like Sir Walter Raleigh for bringing Irish potatoes man. and um, tobacco. tobacco here. A good Irishman was Sir Walter Raleigh. Would you bow to him? Mm-hmm. He was from Northern Ireland, I believe. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Didn't Would you that. bow to him? You don't need yeah, to Yeah, well, though. I suppose he brought potatoes and invented the bike. I don't want to be a dick. You know, you say he's from Northern Ireland. Yeah. Sorry. Do you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking of um, Dunlop, the rally cyclist. What? <laughs> you think of a professional cyclist? A professional cyclist. Not Walter Raleigh. Dunlop, was he a... Um, was he a motorcyclist or a I've like no a idea BMXer? Well, like the sports brand. He was from Northern Ireland. And you, Dunlop. you mixed him up with Walter Raleigh. Walter Raleigh. You're a, okay, you're a, a bike, a similar I bike. Did, I, I was thinking, like, this is the woman who brought like tobacco to Elizabeth I. Are you sure? Let's have a look. So I, I don't know enough about Walter Raleigh. I, I was hook, line, and sinker there. I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> nope. Nope, he was definitely not. Wellington Irish. was Irish. Wasn't huh? it? Wellington was Irish, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Sick. Got that one. Mm. Point to me. For the British citizenship test. Should we crack up with the. Who, who do you I'm like? Would to... you bow for Braveheart? Braveheart wasn't king. No, I mean, would you bow for the film Braveheart? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mel Gibson. I don't know if it's apocryphal, but seemingly the Wallace Monument in Stirling was refashioned to look like Mel Gibson after the, that film came out. Really? I don't know if that's true, though. But Mel Gibson's kind of an everyman, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. To half of the population of the he's world. He's not, like, distinctive, distinctive, is he? No, he's not a Barry Kay. Joey Dunlop was a Northern Irish motorcyclist. When was he alive? Oh, quite recently. Okay, like so, so you're so off. Yeah, so you, okay. But you thought that was the man who brought tobacco here. I mixed him up with, because rally, rally bikes. So. Like, I, I, that just isn't a big enough brand to, mi- <laughs> to mix that up with. I think it's just one of those, you know, it's those things quite that you carry. sports brands. Yeah. Dunlop and rally. Yeah. But you know those things Babala you carry through your <laughs> yeah. You carry it through your childhood that you just mix two people into one. You regularly mixed up Sir Walter no, Raleigh and No, it was just something I Dunlop. must have thought when I was a child, and I've carried it until now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's been new out of you. Got him, boys. Did Nudie make a noise? I can't remember. <laughs> yes. No, it was far. <laughs> It was far cruder than that, wasn't I it? I can't wait for Ollie to ask how the podcast went. <laughs> you know, I think Nunu made like a, a slurping noise. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. Because <laughs> he ate the custard and stuff. Yes. Well. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> he ate the tiny custard. Did they actually? Yeah. Like... Oh, the, the custard. Yeah, yeah. That was sick. You used to be able to buy that. 
Yeah, they, I, I think I had it. I think it was Megan. Tubby Toast. How do you spell Nunu? <laughs> N-U-N-U, obviously. It's, that's someone who doesn't have a Nunu. <laughs> <laughs> this one's like, oh, here he is. <laughs> I don't know how this... Can you hear it? I heard that, yeah. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. You're giving me flashbacks. It's like a Manchurian candidate thing. <laughs> Me and Sean go limp. <laughs> All the colour just goes from our face. <laughs> right, burgling. okay. Let's do the citizenship test. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to do, we do one question each? Do you turn about or do you want us to go for a question at the same time? Um, I'll ask the question. Oh my god, you've got the questions. I was yeah. reading discussion cues and I was trying to answer <laughs> I was um, like, what? Do you want us to do a buzzer? Would that be the best way? I don't know. Or would I, it I be... Don't think, I don't think it could be a... Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get it particularly quick, so there's no need to... <laughs> we'll just go... If we... Well, so you're going... Yeah, uh, I think if you do an... Uh, I think you'll be able to tell the difference. I'm going to go... And ding. you do an, like, a new news. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm going to go... <laughs> okay, who is the first British Prime Minister? Walpole? You're dead right. Shit. Sir Robert Walpole. Just fucking get one. Which two British kings fought in the Battle of the Roses? Uh, Henry the Seventh. Mm-hmm. Richard the Third? You're dead right. Whoa. Is it? Yeah, you're dead right. Richard three, Henry seven. Uh, who was the first Briton to win the Olympic gold medal in the 10,000 meters? <laughs> Mo Farah. Yes. What does it mean? I thought we were talking about swimming. That's why I The 10,000 meters <laughs> swimming. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in day four of the, the open water swimming here at the Olympics. Michael Phelps. <laughs> The closing ceremony has passed. The Paralympians are waiting at the other end. Uh, name a Gilbert and Sullivan opera. Any. <laughs> Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, there isn't, there isn't actually an answer here. I can, I can name you more if you want. I'm, I'll take your word Roger for it. Um, who can get a 50% discount on their TV license? <laughs> <laughs> Old people. Who was first there? I went <laughs> slightly before, I think. Yeah, I have it. You're wrong with old people. Really? Low income earners? Blind people. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they don't use half of them. They're getting half the use out of the TV. <laughs> oh, God. That's quite economical. That was quite ableist. When was this? <laughs> What's the score? How many have we got? One, two, three, four, five. Three, one. You've had three. You've had two. I have not had no, three. No, you've not had three. What are you got, about? You got Walpole. You got Henry. I got Mo Farah. You got Mo Farah. You got <laughs> Opera. It's three, one. Yes. Neither of you. Yeah, three, one. You've got some work to do. When was the Scottish Parliament established? Oh, come on. That's unfair. 1907. 
No. <laughs> no, 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 you can't, you can't, you, you can't yeah, I have to take in. your first answer. You can't jump in like that. Sorry, take your you first answer. Like if you're that. on tipping point and you said 1997. <laughs> <laughs> He's done the, the thing. Face. He's Excuse done the me. thing. It would be the same time that the Scottish, the what's it called, was signed, right? The Act of Union. <laughs> the Good Friday Agreement. <laughs> The good I don't know, I don't, I don't no, I'm panicking because I was going to say 90... Uh, well, I won't say it because it'll be my answer. Okay, 99. Yeah, 99. 3, 2. I was going to say... Um, I felt it was 97. Yeah, it was That's a, a good Friday the, agreement. There was also a referendum. There was a referendum on it. Right. That's what I was confused about. In which century did Protestant ideas begin to spread? Uh, um, 17th. Nope. Yes, what? 16th. Yeah. No way. Yes, it was, because it was Elizabeth I and I was, she came off the throne in 1603. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's so annoying. I knew that. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it because it's written here. <laughs> she came off the throne at 1603. That's so annoying. What were supporters of Parliament during, called during the English Civil War? <laughs> mm-hmm. Roundheads. Yeah. What's that now? 4-2? Uh, 5-2. Two. Two. Yeah, he's bossing me. Yeah. Who wrote the Canterbury Tales? Chaucer. Yeah. You're bloody quick, aren't you? Fucking yeah. Well okay. done. Well done, Ed. Small. You get to stay here forever. It's interesting about the ideas they have about assimilation. As in how important it is. Like, Gilbert and Sullivan are very influential comic operatists. Mm-hmm. But how crucial are they that you know about them to assimilate into British life? How like Are you less British because you don't know a... Go You're clearly more Oprah. British than Ava, oh, by my evidence yeah. after that. He's just a lot quicker than me as well. Mm. I need a minute, you know? I need can't, to... Can't have one. He really got that Nunu suck sound <laughs> down. That's, yeah. that's half the battle, really. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so used to hearing it. I was just doing it. You're just it. channeling it. I was just it, doing yeah. it. Like, oh, shit, I need to answer now. <laughs> um, what do we think that says about British people? Um, I can... Okay. The, the Canterbury Tales and Chaucer I can kind of understand because that's like proper linked into like the Christian country right mm-hmm. it's pretty important to the cathedral down there and all that mm-hmm. but um, I don't know the answers were the questions are they- uh, where are they where are they where are they I don't know about Gilbert and Sullivan I don't actually know who that is I thought you were talking to start with about Simon and Garfunkel you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually really like Gilbert and Sullivan I thought it was like an SNL-esque thing, Gilbert and oh, Sullivan. Like, uh, Gilbert Gottfried or something like that. Yeah, that. maybe. No, it's um, they wrote... Similar to how I've mistaken <laughs> Joey Dunlop for Sir Walter Raleigh. They wrote like, um, they, they wrote comic operas in the 19th century. Um, and they wrote things like Radigor, HMS Pinafore. So the meatloaf of their time. The meatloaf of their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just bat out of hell. Over <laughs> um, I, I really like them. I think the music's excellent. And would recommend any Gilbert and Sullivan to any budding Brit or current Brit or mm. anyone at all. Mm. Um, yeah. As, are we done? Have we got anything else to add? War of the Roses. How important was that? Actually pretty Quite. important. Yeah, yeah, very. We could still be a Catholic country without that. Because mm. it wouldn't have been Henry VIII. It ain't over yeah. yet. It ain't over yet. Yeah. It ain't over yet. <laughs> you, think, you think there might be a Catholic <laughs> restoration of the monarchy? Listen, anything's possible. They're not going to go back to the Catholics now. No, they can't. No. Well, they will, you can't because it's the Church of England. Yeah, it'd be C of E or nothing now, wouldn't it? 
yeah, well, they have to get rid of the Church of England as well, mm. or Why? or change change who the governor is. Yeah, mm. change who the what? Governor of the Church of England is the king. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your pope. <laughs> I'm not anything. Yeah, I'm oh, not anything. Are you not? Are you not? Do you not go to CV school in Scotland? <laughs> All Scottish children are just seething the whole way through their education. There's an English missionary in every school in Scotland. We we talked about this. I said I went to a school, like a Church of Scotland school. That's so funny. Okay. On that bombshell, um, I hope you've got your new new straps tight as you tuck into bed. Thank you for listening. Um, And make sure, yeah, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, watch all our other content. Rating, rating reviews mm. send us an, a DM Ollie's on admin this week so just email Ollie about complaints about this episode yeah thank you to, thank you don't everyone for, send me a DM no DM Sean DM Ollie don't DM me a neighbour nobody DMs me DM <laughs> Sean DM Sean Sean should get 10 DMs by the end of the week yeah I'm go. expecting them now and it, they should always be photos of Nunu <laughs> AI generated images of getting Nunu <laughs> Um, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you all on Wednesday. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.